Good morning, New Hope. Pastor John here with you. Great to be with you on this Labor Day weekend. Whether you're here in person or you're at the campground, thank you so much for for being with us. Well, September 5th today, on September 15th, it will be my wife Erin and my 20th wedding anniversary. Thank you. If you, if you know your, your 9-11 uh, dates, that was the week of 9-11, 20 years ago. So an eventful uh, start to our beginning, to say the least. I remember our 10th anniversary, we, we got away to the Bahamas, and that was an amazing trip. But I remember a conversation with a friend before we went, and he said, you know, it always takes me a couple days when I go on vacation to unwind and to, to be at rest. And then it hit me when I, we landed on the island of Abaco and started our vacation, I was at rest right away. It didn't take me a couple days. And I realized I had intentionally had to learn some good rhythms of work and rest, of learning life rhythms of Sabbath rest a little while before that. And so I had already been learning this this balance, this good rhythm of working and weekly Sabbath rest. So it was easy to just shift into vacation mode. I've shared this before, but the great Puritan model of holy rest is this phrase, divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. God wants us to to divert daily, to get off the path of our crazy lives and to look to him, to get in his word, to get into his presence, to stop trusting our way and to look to his way. And we do that daily. We divert daily to be before him in the throne of heaven. And then weekly, we, we withdraw weekly. We take a Sabbath rest. God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And he calls us. If God needed to rest after six days of work, he said, follow me and make the Sabbath holy. So we withdraw weekly. And if we learn to divert daily and we learn to withdraw weekly, it can be easier to abandon annually or to take extended time of rest to be with God, to be with ourselves, to be with loved ones, and to rest. The title of our message today is Take Summer With You, Maintaining Good Rhythms. And as we transition into fall, I believe now more than ever we need to harness a little summer and and take it with us. Learn to take Sabbath rest rest in regular patterns so we can enjoy God and glorify him in the way he calls us to. Our big idea today is we maintain balance of work and rest, of community and solo time by following the way of Jesus. Follow along as I read our gospel story today from Luke chapter 5. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer something 
Offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news spread about the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If you're taking notes today, uh, the first point is that Jesus transforms our loneliness. The leper is a portrait of incredible loneliness, ostracized from family and community. He's desperate for healing, for love, for connection. Because of their skin disease, lepers were labeled unclean and had to live on the outskirts of town. But when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And this man demonstrates a posture of complete surrender, of dependence and acknowledgement that only Jesus can heal him. Jesus' compassion was not only to heal the leper, but to do the unthinkable in that time, in that social milieu, to touch him. Jesus could have said the words, be healed. He, He did that from time to time. He could have said the words. He said the wind's stop and the waves be still. But he gave that leper what he needed him, a touch from the Lord. I'm sure that leper needed that touch from Jesus just as much as that physical healing. And so Jesus' response demonstrates that we're never out of God's sight. We're never out of God's love and reach. How is it that you need a touch from God? How are you to need to, to reach out to him, to beg for his mercy, for his presence, for his healing, for his love? Recent surveys have uncovered what researchers are calling a loneliness epidemic in wealthy societies. More people than ever are reporting chronic feeling of isolation And we would think just naturally that the solution would be to be more social. But the research shows just the opposite. One survey in the U.S., for example, found that those over 65 are most likely to live alone and yet are the least likely to report feeling alone. In contrast, young people between 18 and 22, traditionally the most social and the most connected Uh, with social media are the most likely to report often or always feeling alone. And so constant engagement is not necessarily the the answer for loneliness. A few years ago, Sherry Turkle spoke on the subject, and she is a, a professor of social studies of science and technology at MIT and a clinical psychologist. And she spent years studying the effect of behavior and social media. And when the internet and social media was just getting going, she was one of the most uh, highly proponents of saying, this is going to help take down social barriers and create empathy across social lines and, and bring us closer together. But what she found was just the opposite. Because the problem with smartphones is that they keep, keep us connected to everything, everywhere. And they eliminate boredom. 
You see, moments of silent boredom are when we face what's really inside of us, our fears, our joys, our struggles, our beliefs. In other words, boredom is necessary for self-awareness. And this self-awareness, she argues, then equips us to have intimate connections with others. Only when I know who I am can I share some of the deeper parts of me with others. But the constant stimulation of mobile tech is interrupting this process of boredom. This is what she says. Cultivate the capacity for solitude, the ability to separate, to gather yourself. Solitude is where you find yourself so that you can reach out to other people and form real attachments. We slip into thinking that always being connected is going to make us feel less alone. But we're at risk because actually it's the opposite that's true. If we're not able to be alone, we're going to be more lonely. And if we don't teach our children to be alone, they're only going to know how to be lonely. Profound words and findings. So the next time your kid says, I'm bored, give him a high five. That's kind of like when my wife was uh, in the pregnancy with our firstborn, and she said, I can't do this anymore. I'd heard that's about the point. I'm like, yeah, let's go. It's about time. Real sensitive, right? Maybe when you feel bored, stop and put the phone down and take that time to to be self-aware and to ask yourself what's going on inside. And out of that self-awareness, we can then connect meaningfully with others. I, uh, I love how I've seen families do this and have bowls or baskets where they have everyone, maybe they're having a dinner table conversation, just put your, put your phones, put your devices in here and let's unplug and connect with one another. We typically do that on Sundays as well. In fact, I used to get in trouble with my wife and I used to steal my kids' phones when I was up early on Sunday mornings and give them back to them in the evening. But, but now they have more discipline, so we just say, hey, let's put it in the bowl and let's disconnect in this time and let's connect with one another. Jesus' way transforms our loneliness. And secondly, Jesus' way transforms our activity. Why does Jesus tell the leper to not tell anyone after he heals him, but to to go to the priests and to offer the sacrifices? Because that's what we're to do. We're to, to go to God first. We're to give him the glory. And Jesus was, this was happening right after he had started his public ministry. He's just called his first disciples. He didn't want to let the word fly out there and go viral that the Son of God's here to heal everybody, but that's what happened. It's hard to keep quiet the best news around. And as the word of Jesus' miraculous healing spreads, more and more come for healing. And, and what does Jesus do in response? It says he gets away for prayer and solitude. The scripture ends today, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He often withdrew. If Jesus had more and more ministry coming and he had to regularly take rest in order to engage in the ministry, 
then you and I, if we have more responsibilities, if we have more favor, if God is using our gifts for his glory, we need to often withdraw and get away in solitude and rest and be engaged. Most of, struggle, most of us struggle with one or two approaches to faith. First of all, activity. Uh, constantly doing actions for God, for others. The second approach is inactivity. Passively waiting in prayer, waiting for God to do the work for us. Chip Ingram says that the, the failure of these two polar opposites in the first case is we do all the work, we plan out everything so that Jesus isn't even invited through the doors of the church. Oh, we got this covered, Lord. We're in control here. We've figured it all out. We do all the work. The second approach is passively waiting on God with kind of a false humility that, that takes no assertiveness or no action. In the Greek, the act of voice is employed for persons taking action. And the passive voice is for being acted upon. These align with these two approaches to faith. But the middle voice is different. It's used when a group of people act in concert with one another. Jesus finds himself in the middle voice because he's learned the, the rhythm of being active in ministry and regularly drawing away to be alone with God and to hear his voice. Because he practices this rhythm, all of life become prayer and communion with his father. The late pastor and, and author Eugene Peterson says prayer takes place in the middle voice. Similarly, Sky Jathani says we neither manipulate God, active voice, nor are we manipulated by God, the passive voice. We are involved in the action and participate in its results, but do not control or define it, middle voice. See if you can hear this middle voice in this well-known verse you hear often, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. See, it's not active because it's God who's doing the work, and it's definitely not passive because we're called to, to work out our salvation, to work out that gospel truth with fear and trembling. It's the middle voice, the powerful presence of Jesus that is fostered in regular patterns of getting away with God and then being change agents in a broken world. Following the way of Jesus transforms our loneliness and our activity because we take enough time to be quiet before God so he can show us who we are and he can show us what he's up to so we can join him in his kingdom work. If we've ever needed Sabbath rest, don't you think we need it now? All the discussions, all the, the, the news feeds in the wake of the Afghanistan crisis, I've heard a few times people mentioning compassion fatigue. 
See, we're called to care for the world. We're called to to love in, in Christ's name, but we are not in our finite selves able to carry all the troubles of the world. And then we get compassion fatigue. We don't know what to do with all the things we're, we're hearing about. All the debates of our days, all the tensions of our days, all the catastrophes. We're called to, to regularly take Sabbath rest and bring these burdens to the throne of God. Sabbath rest points us in three directions. First of all, it points us to creation. God created the world in six days, and then he rested, and he calls us because we need this. (laughs) We need to take a day. I loved the rhythm I had uh, in Burnsville when we were living out there and I was serving in my home church. I would have Mondays off and I would take my Sabbath rest on Mondays and I would always go to the Minnesota Zoo. Whether it was taking my kids or taking myself, I'd take the long loop around the, the northern trail. And it was a great place to be in God's creation and to say, God, This is your church. I give it to you today. I'm resting from my work, from my vocation. I'm not doing anything practical today, and I'm just on this day with you. That was such a good rhythm to to walk that and to, to be in that place that would remind me that I needed to look to creation, to look to God's example. Secondly, we look towards the cross, Sabbath rest is gospel rest. That's what we celebrate when we come every week. We celebrate the gospel. Everything in God's word points us to the gospel that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but he has offered us grace through Jesus. And so Sabbath rest is gospel rest. Jesus has done it. We look to the cross and we say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm his beloved We don't work for validation. He has validated us by his work. It's done. And we rest in that gospel truth. So we look towards creation. We look towards the cross. And finally, we look to his second coming. So many scriptures uh, talk about all of creation groaning, yearning towards his second coming. When things will be made right. And his shalom, his perfect peace, will come upon us and creation. And so if creation is longing for the second coming, we who are his children need to be longing for that. 1 John 3 in the the opening verses talks about we are his beloved. And we are not there yet, but when we see him, we will be like him. And so we can rest in that, that perfection is coming, that eternity is coming, and we can can enter it now. We can look to it. I love this quote from Pastor Tim Keller. In Christ, we are offered the ultimate rest, rest from the crushing burden of self-salvation through effort and performance. Why wouldn't everyone want to enter such rest? Because it is a freedom unknown to modern people. 
one that is on the far side of trusting God rather than ourselves. Doesn't that rest sound good? If we keep following the way of Jesus, we'll walk in the direction of creation, of the cross, and his second coming. And it will free us from the crushing burden of self-salvation and help us experience more and more of his gospel rest. May God show us more and more of this freedom, more and more of the fruit of good rhythms of work and rest as we learn to trust and enjoy him. How are you going to apply God's word? How is he inviting you to maintain, to take up some good rhythms? I want to just offer five practical practices and and just ask you to prayerfully consider practicing one of these, choosing one of these things in the coming days, in the coming weeks. First of all, silent centering prayer. This is something I've enjoyed uh, many times, just taking a lunch and finishing my lunch and just taking 15 minutes to sit in God's presence. Not Not to have to say words, but just to sit and to rest in God's love for me. Silent, centering prayer. Just receive. (laughs) Maybe words come out of it, maybe not. But just receive that little bit of rest. Second, take take weekly Sabbath. Sabbath is, is, the best definition I've heard is doing nothing practical. Doesn't mean you have to sit and do nothing, but you do nothing practical. Maybe it's taking a hike. Maybe it's going around the zoo. I don't know but do nothing practical. And one of the the most clear ways you can do that is to to have a Sabbath box. I've never had a literal Sabbath box. Some people do. But I have a figurative Sabbath box. And they said, I'm putting my email, I'm putting my work, I'm putting anything practical in that Sabbath box, and I don't need to touch it in that Sabbath rest. Maybe a Sabbath box bowl or basket for your family to put devices in, enjoy time not being connected to the web. Third, schedule a time to get away. We have an amazing prayer cabin here to just come for a couple hours and just to be with God. Schedule time to to get away, to have a few hours of solitude or an overnight. It's hard to get away from the noise, but it's so good for our souls. Fourthly, uh, reach out and, and pray with a friend. Reach out and just say, hey, let's, let's show our dependence on God. Let's, let's get away and we're just over the phone, just calling and, and praying and getting away to hear God and then go out of that. A friend was doing that a few weeks ago, had kind of tensions of, of these issues of the day and in his work and said, can we just pray about this? And we prayed. He called back an hour and said, we got to pray more often. God worked it out. Reach out and pray with a friend. Finally, schedule downtime. Take a drive and don't turn on the radio. Don't listen to a podcast. Just schedule some downtime. Schedule some boredom time. And let awareness 
and let the richness of, of God's love and grace wash over you. Pick one of these things. Tell a friend. Let God bless you with some good rhythms bringing summer into your fall. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you how you delight in us. We just thank you how you have modeled for us. We just thank you, Jesus, that you have the power to heal, have the power to transform our loneliness, that you touched the leper, that you healed him. And God, you, you long to meet us. We need a touch from you, Lord, in some way. And Jesus, we just want to we want to walk this way with you. We want to learn from you, God, how you were involved in kingdom work, and yet you got away to rest. You got away to pray. You often withdrew. Lord, however you're inviting us to receive rest, to receive gospel rest, thank you, Jesus, that you've done it all. Thank you, Jesus, that our identity is in you. Thank you, Jesus, that we're validated. and We can rest in that. God, whatever your children need to hear, whatever you need to, to show them, show them this day. Lord, we pray that in some way this would be a, a Sabbath day. Or tomorrow, Lord, you'd just give moments of, of great Sabbath rest on this Labor Day weekend. And we'll give you all the thanks and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.